Okay, and welcome to the Chris Knott Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and today's podcast is going to be all about realistic expectations in the fitness industry if you are a personal trainer and you are new to the industry, and probably if you are um, already in it as well, maybe been in it a few years, maybe been in it for three to five years, which direction you go in, what are realistic earning expectations. So, uh, this was uh, prompted by, what are you doing? Sorry. Um, this is prompted by a conversation I had today with somebody who inquired about uh, moving into, diff- into the personal training industry. So I just thought the easiest thing to do would be to record my thoughts on the matter and uh, get it out there just so it helps anybody who is thinking about this. So if you're currently a personal trainer, um, I'll let you. I'll save you some time. This might not be the um, one for you because it's mainly going to be for people who are new to the industry. But I am going to be speaking a lot about business and my thoughts on that. So there's probably some uh, nuggets you might get from it. But if you do know anybody who is thinking of being a trainer and they're unsure about the career change or maybe they've just started, uh, make sure they give this a listen because this is going to be aimed towards them. So, right. When I first uh, left college in 2008, I'm 28 years old, so if you save some maths. When I first left college, I went to Birmingham, the University of Birmingham, to study sports science. I did it for, well, I'd like to say six months, but it wasn't, didn't even last, last that long. I uh, just got caught up in the whole student lifestyle, got a job as a barman, ended up failing that course miserably and uh, dropped out by January. Um, so I was unsure on what to do. I came across, I knew I wanted to work in the fitness industry 100%. 100% knew I, uh, that was what my calling was. Um, however, um, I thought at the time that to be a personal trainer, you had to do three years at, um, at university. Sorry, if I'm pausing at any time, I am driving at the moment. I am hands-free, so it's legal. Um, if it's pausing, I'm just navigating through Manchester. Uh, yeah, so I was doing... So I was doing this personal training course. Uh, so I got into, I, I came across this personal training course. It was by the training room. It was seven weeks. And I ended up doing it, living in a residential, uh, some apartments down in Bournemouth for seven weeks. Got the qualification. And I was really based on that when I was, uh, before doing, you know, signing up for the course, which I can't remember off the top of my head how much was, only a few thousand pounds at the time. Um, I, uh, they said to me, you, you know, you expect your earnings are going to be about thirty to forty thousand pound a year, genuinely. And I remember saying that to one of my friends, like, "Oh, the average earning is thirty-five grand. You know, that's pretty good." And I, at the time, I thought, "Oh, that's that's pretty good to come out with, you no know, thirty-five thousand pound a year." So, after getting the qualification, I came back, uh, moved back home, moved back in with mum and dad, and um, went uh, was looking for a freelance job or just any gym to kind of work out of. And went. I ended up in uh, sale at an LA Fitness. At the time, the rent would have been six hundred pound a month. Now, the guy—they um, were definitely won't name names—but the guy who took me on was saying, "You know, we'll give you your first month half price, and then you'll go up to six hundred pound, um, and we'll take it from there." Now, I was working in sales Brooklyn's, and the sale Brooklyn's um, LA Fitness, and there wasn't there wasn't a big gym. There wasn't that many people there. It was a nice gym. Don't get me wrong. I had zero clue of what I was doing. And when I say zero, I mean zero. We didn't touch anything 
in PT school about business, and I mean nothing. We didn't do one single day. It was always it was theory, it was anatomy, it was all about the uh, human body, a little bit about programming, a little bit about nutrition, about you know carbohydrates, protein, fats, a little bit like that. It was all content based and literally did not touch anything on business. Um, so when I ended up going there, I quickly realised that this has nothing to do with the content. This industry, it's all about the sales. Now I, at the time, you know, was completely new to the world of sales and had that kind of thing where I don't want to take people's money, um, and it was a big, um, a big block for me. I wasn't, I wasn't a very good salesman at all. So I was walking around this gym and I did my first week there, um, going up to people, you know, trying to make conversation with them, trying to give them tasters. But there was three personal trainers already there who were already, you know, well established, doing 20, 25 sessions a week. I came in with zero experience zero sales skills and just freshly off the, out of the um, PT school. So I was um, I was walking around and I was trying to get you know trying to start conversations with people but to be honest at the time I was about 10 and a half stone 11 stone so most of the guys who were there working out and I was speaking to were you know were in better shape than I was to be honest. Um, and I remember speaking to the guy after a week because I, I had a chat with one of the other uh, personal trainers who worked there um, and she was very kind to me but she was just very honest she was saying you know this is a hard industry and you know do something maybe follow something different you know go work on a cruise ship I think she said or go travelling she was I know it sounds like it shut down there but at the time she probably had a point so anyway I had the conversation with the with the guy um, who was my quote unquote mentor or gui- uh, guidance um, he probably would have earned a lot of money through me working there or some sort of commission for me working there. A long story short, he just basically said to me, um, you don't have the passion or the, the determination to make it if you're, you know, if you're giving up after a week. Which, you know, if, if he sees it that way, then fair enough. But um, it's probably a little bit harsh. So anyway, long story short, I end up um, handing, a note, uh, handing a CV in at a David Lloyd in Cheadle. And I started there on no gym hours just to do the same walk the floor and trying to get personal training clients and then uh, I ended up getting 20 hours a week and then somebody left and ended up going 32 so I was working in a commercial gym as a uh, coach as a trainer sorry as a a level 2 instructor and uh, it took me I started in the November and didn't sign up a one-to-one personal training client until the February and I remember the first three months, you know, I, I was doing loads of gym inductions. I was doing, um, you know, doing classes, getting used to, the, you know, getting used to doing the 6 a.m. starts and doing 6-2 shifts. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't really have the, um, I don't really want to do PT. It was very, very sales business. So, you know, such a high emphasis on sales. And um, at the time, the David Lloyd, I think it was uh, £35 an hour that they charged and you'd sell it in block of 10, so 350 and the rate you'd get would be £13. And, uh, you know, whilst I was there for the three, you want to say three years, yeah, three years, three and a half years I was at David Lloyd, uh, that was generally the rate it was. It went up to £40, £37.50, then £40, uh, but they kept us at the same, which is £13. So if you are thinking about getting into this industry and uh, you go into the commercial gyms, you have to prepare that they're going to take about 70% of your hourly rate. Now, that may sound like they're, you know, robbing bastards or something, but that's not the case, really, because when I, um, you know, got, went down business ventures, and as you learn, is that with the overheads that come from, um, 
from running a facility like that, plus the uh, you know the VAT and the tax, you know they're probably only making about two to three pound uh, profit on that. So that profit margin is very very slim for them, but it is a big income because you know if you're talking um, you know maybe two hundred sessions per week as a um, you know in in one gym, um, you know that might equate to a few hundred pound, and on a um, on a, on a world, uh, not world, but a nationwide basis with all the David Lloyds there and all the commercial gyms, it probably works out at um, you know a good amount of money that they make, but the profit margin will be slim. So that's just the reality of it. If you're going to work in a commercial gym and not pay any rent, that's the um, that's what happens. Now it may kind of seem like you know what's the benefits of that, but there is a safety net there, and I do think that. Um, there is lots and lots to be learned from being in a commercial gym. And the main thing about that is the people that you're going to come across. You're going to come across a very, very diverse range of people and be able to work with loads and loads of different demographics and age ranges and abilities. And that's where you will learn your craft. And I do think, and this isn't being um, derogatory towards anybody who has come out of the, um, got the personal training qualification and gone directly into an online uh, coaching scheme because you know to do that it takes a lot of uh, marketing a lot of um, intelligence and I, I do uh, I, I do think it's uh, very admirable that people have done this but I do also think that you have to earn your dues in this industry and put the hard work in and for me it was three years of you know pool tests getting up and doing lates and what actually happened at David Lloyd is I got um, I wouldn't say promoted it's not the word at all uh, I got asked to do something called a smod shift and smod shift is uh, an acronym for senior manager on duty so as well as getting um, doing gym hours I was also doing once or twice a week uh, manager on duty now this was at the age of 19 20 you know 20 and what basically smod shift meant was it was cashing up tills it was uh, making sure the whole building was you know running smoothly doing you know going through different departments working on reception working a little bit of sales showing people around the building uh, doing the pool test doing the pool covers covering for everything it was basically the, you know the management of the whole gym for one shift a week and you know they were they, they, you didn't get any more extra money it was six pound fifty an hour um, you didn't get any extra for doing them, but they were very, very demanding because usually you'd be locking, you'd be either opening up the building or locking up the building. You know, and I was doing this at the age of nineteen, twenty, and looking back, it was incredibly, incredibly irresponsible of the company, really, because um, you know I, I was the after eight o'clock when the um, managers and head of departments had left, I was solely responsible for a seven million pound building um, and any type of injury or theft or incident that happened. And you know, some fucking dodgy stuff did did used to happen, and it was um, you know thrown in the deep end quite literally. Um, but it was invaluable. It was absolutely invaluable because the life skills you get from uh, being thrown in the deep end like that it is um, it's kind of you know follow, you know come with me to this day, and I still I would never change anything when it comes to that because um, what I did learn. Sorry, tricky roundabout. Uh, what I did learn uh, from doing that. Um, has, has got me, got me, um, you know, it's improved uh, my skill set. So anyway, 
Uh, I did actually get better as a personal trainer. I wasn't very good at all. I did not used to um, write sessions. I did not used to, um, you know, I didn't used to do as much research. I was just more, you know, trying to learn for my own training, but I didn't used to do diet plans. I didn't really used to measure people. It was more so just train them and see what's what. But it was when I started to develop systems and a couple of years after, you know, into it in about 2011, uh, and that's when things started to really happen. And I did, you know, really get into my program design. Majority of my personal training and education, not education, but sorry, majority of my learning came from just studying T Nation, which is, you know, Testosterone Nation, the, the website, and uh, absolutely consumed every single article on there, everything that Charles Poliquin wrote. He was a huge, huge influence uh, back in the day for me. I used to, you know, read everything on his original website, which was uh, you know, com before it became the Poliquin Group, um, consumed everything on that website and, uh, you know, just experimented. But as these systems started to develop, uh, I did start to improve. But this is where, you know, you have to look at things from a business and the financial side is that when I say improved, I say I was probably doing an average of 20 sessions a week at, at £15 an hour. And, you know, it doesn't take um, much math to figure out that that's still not really anything dramatic. It was still working out about on a good month, on a very good month, I'd come out at £1,500. So you work that out, £1,500, after grafting, hard work, learning skills, having to go way out my comfort zone and um, speak to loads of different people and learn sales. After all that, after being promised a £35,000 a year job, I'm coming out with eighteen grand. You know, And after tax, you know, it's not a lot of money. It really isn't. Um, but the, you know, you do have that safety net. You have that kind of situation where um, you're not paying rent. You don't have your overheads like that. You can go back to your gym, you know, gym floor hours. But you know, and this is this is the utmost respect to anybody who's still in a commercial gym. You are, you are, you do have a roof. There is a ceiling. There is a capacity at which you can work towards, both financially and as a as an art craft. Because you know, you, you just you're not going to have the same level of people, the ones who are attracted to the independent gym scene. The ones who come to your, you know, the, the spit and sawdust ones or the ones that are in a, a warehouse, these people gen to, to gen, uh, tend to generally be more into the training and more dedicated. They just do. The ones at the leisure clubs are there for that key word that I just said, leisure. They want to go in the pool. They want to go for a steady workout. They want a coffee beforehand and they want to watch the football and have a pint after. This is what those people want to do. It's why they pay the premium and it's why they're there it's very very rare you'll have someone come into a David Lloyd and trust me I did enough of these things and, and the reduction say I want to lose 10% body fat in the next 12 weeks and I will do anything it takes you know don't value it and the model there in the personal training and if you anybody who is actually working in a chain or as a manager of a commercial gym the model in which they do PT there is is just it's set up for failure you know one session a week uh, or two sessions a week max. Now, if anybody, when I was at commercial gym, anybody who did two sessions a week was an absolute golden nugget. I was like, wow, this person's, you know, two sessions a week, that's fantastic, you know. Now, somebody, well, now somebody who does four sessions a week is standard for myself. So, what, what the main thing is, is that if you are thinking of going into the industry, um, this is the reality of it. You know, if you are going to go into commercial gym, you have to... Um, you have to be prepared that the money isn't going to be great and they are going to take a big chunk. So get into that actual key word. And again, this is all down to my opinion experiences that how do you get yourself busy? 
Well, the main thing you got to do if you're in a commercial gym is yes, speak to everyone, and you know just talk to everyone, smile. And if you can't, if you can't speak to anyone, have a conversation because it doesn't fit. Just smile, just always smile, um, and you know just put yourself out there as much as you can. And it's the same thing with online content and social media content. You've got to prepare to take stuff on the chin and have a tumbleweed go by and not get any bites and not be deterred by that. So what I mean by that is that you have to put out a sheet and say, you know, I'm going to hold a class tomorrow at five o'clock for anybody who wants to learn about ab training and it's going to be 15 minutes and it's a little workshop. You have to do those type of things because if you don't, you're missing on a trick. And if one person signs up or you go there and some you know little kid has, you know, some teenage kid has wrote a load of fake names on it, which did happen to me, uh, and they don't show up, just be prepared for that. It's the effort in it and being smart with your efforts. You know, are you walking around the gym floor at, uh, at the right times? Are you... Um, you know, are you there when you're busy? Are you speaking to the sales staff? Are you training the receptionists? Are, you know, are you uh, training the, the sales staff themselves? You know, do, it's, it's little things like that go a long way. You know, offer advice or a diet plan to the, the other members of staff, the ones on the bar, the ones who interact by default, the ones on reception. And then once they start saying, oh, you know, the first thing they're going to say is if, if they have anyone who does say, oh, I'm interested in PT, you're the person who they're going to go to. Because it's like, oh, you know, such and such is, is good. Why don't you go with them? And they, that they do the work for you, and eventually it does build, uh, which is which I think is, is is very very important that you have to have the patience factor. Um, but yeah, it, it it really is down to as a simple structure as that. You have to interact, and you have to let people know your name. You have to have your name tag, and just learn people's names, and make it your job that there's not a single person in there at the same time that you don't know their name. Now it might not be as straightforward as. Um, straight away as soon as you see him going up to him hi what's your name would you like PT and I've seen people do that and it's an awful awful method it's just smiling nodding smiling nodding walking just letting on and eventually you know you will let on to people you know I remember I was walking around and it's it's a very very important story if you are in the industry or new to the industry and uh, I was walking around David Lloyd and this is in 2000 this is February 2011 and I seen this guy training um, he's on. Um, he's, he was doing some uh, rows on on a, on a chest supported row machine. I go up to him and say morning. And he's like, and he looked at me and looked at me like I had two heads. And he said, morning. And um, I said, you know, how how is your training going? And he looked at me in absolutely utter shock and disbelief. And you really wouldn't believe it. He was like, he he, he wouldn't, um, you know, you wouldn't believe this guy how, how taken back he was. So rather than tell, answering my question and saying, uh, oh, you know, I'm doing this or I'm training for this or whatever, he said to me, you know, I've been at this gym as a member for 10 years and you're the first member of staff who's spoken to me. And I was, I was quite shocked. And all I did, all I did was say hello. And then he said hello and I said, how are you training? I mean, that's simple. That's a sentence interaction. And he, and he said, um, you're the first person who's spoken to me now don't get me wrong there were some lovely people who I worked with at David lovely trainers lovely people and lovely gym members of staff and I don't think they neglected him or ignored him he just happened to be a person who trained in the morning and because he trained in the morning uh, he, you know he probably missed all the, the early staff because we were doing pool tests and had to, had to open the gym and tidy everything up and make sure everything was in the right place that's, the, that's what we had to do so the fact that he's probably just been missed because there was nobody on shift or they were busy at the time anyway Again, another long story short, 
you know, we started talking and then we talking again in just little chats here and there. And he, he got to know a story and he said, um, will you train me for my next ultramarathon? I run ultramarathons. So at, some, when my, at the point, that point, my knowledge was very, very poor and I was absolutely bricking myself with the, with the idea of training for someone for a marathon in that sense. Um, and he did, he signed up for personal training. That was February 2011, and that person has been with me to th- four different gyms and has trained with me for the past seven years uh, as a client. And, uh, you know, if you do the maths and work out the money, and, and uh, Tony, if you do listen to this, and I hope you don't, um, you know, it works out a substantial amount. You know, if I did actually get a calculator and figure out that person's invested a serious, serious amount of money into my services over seven years and that came from you know it all started with a hello you know it's as corny as it sounds so the number one thing that you've got to realize is that you don't know where things escalate from uh, just from that conversation you don't know um what the small things or the, the little things that you can do for people um, they go a long way um, you know give out as much information as you can you know correct people's technique and you will have people tell you fuck off you know I know what I'm doing that will happen and it is scary at first and you know, just be prepared to say okay then let them injure themselves because you do see some horrendous technique in the commercial gyms and you should correct it it's your job to correct it if you, do, if you see something bad and you, and you don't correct it that's you are not doing your job now even now uh, where I work if I see someone's technique and it's not the best I will go over and say you know maybe make it lighter or maybe try this and luckily I'm at a gym where they're not going to tell me to fuck off but um, you know it's still you still have that apprehension trust me just it's the way you do it it's the mannerisms it's not you doing it wrong it's just have you tried it this way maybe try it that way and so forth so anyway um, moving on to the scariest part of being a personal trainer and I, I that's just from my, my uh, experiences and it's going on to the independent scene now after a little break I had a month uh, off travelling in 2013 just wait for the ambulance to go by 2013 uh, made a venture to working into an independent gym and that was in Stockport uh, £500 a month uh, rent based gym now at the time I thought 500 was an incredible amount of money I was very very nervous about the prospect of um, paying that per month little did I know what was ahead of me <laughs> but that amount of money to me was a serious amount of money and, and again I was actually um, I moved out and then I moved back in at the time I was back in with my parents uh, living at home which basically means my outgoings aren't very uh, very big at all so when it comes to getting busy in a um, independent gym it is hard it is very difficult because the ones that aren't chains and they're a dime a dozen now if you're going there raw out of the fitness out of your um, PT qualification it's going to be very very difficult very difficult and I'll be honest and you know this is the truth of it your success is all going to be down to the integrity of the owner of that independent facility and by integrity I mean does he see you as another rent um, you know uh, bill payer or, or rent that he can get per month or is he trying to build a business of solid trainers who actually care about what they're doing and what they can um, what they can provide for his company? Are they passionate? Are they going to get results? Are they going to provide a good service? And it is honestly, it is all down to that. And you should know by your own gut feeling whether it's the right or wrong decision. But you've got to look at the to look at the way the gym is run. Do they have systems in place? 
is it a free-for-all where all the trainers are doing different things or, or is it all kind of regimented where oh, there is certain standards? So are all the other trainers writing programs? Are all the other trainers getting results? Are they presented well? Are they training themselves well? Or do they train their clients well? Because remember, if you go into these independent facilities, you'll become the byproduct of the people you're around the most. If these people aren't professional, these people aren't the ones that you'd want to be yourself as a trainer, then being around them on a daily basis is gonna have a negative impact on your career. So that's the one thing that you definitely have to look at, the integrity of the person who owns it and the quality of the staff that you're around. The second thing about that is looking at the small membership base. Now, if it's a studio on its own with zero external members, it's going to be very, very difficult and you need to negotiate well with that owner about how you can slowly, slowly filter yourself into the business and do it in an astute manner. Because if you don't, you're going to get shafted paying a rent each month where you don't actually have any clients to pick from. Unfortunately, and I know it makes me sound like I'm um, really showing my age here, but it's true, is that the things have transformed rapidly, and I mean rapidly over the last five years when it comes to uh, personal training, and it comes from Facebook and Instagram. Now, Facebook itself back in 2012, you know, it hasn't really changed too much. It really hasn't. But the prevalence and growth of Instagram has completely transformed the industry, um, you know, sevenfold. And this is in form of inquiries and online status. Now, the people that you see on TV, the movie stars and the radio, you know, sorry, the radio stars, the music stars and pop stars, they are slowly, slowly going to be um, outshone or, you know, over overtook by social media personalities. You know, if you have a plus 100,000 people following you on social media, you're probably going to be more well-known from the local soap, uh, soap opera stars now and people on Coronation Street or EastEnders. That's the, my opinion on it anyway. And this is only going to get more. This is only going to develop more. And I think this is something that I think uh, Gary V said recently. I didn't hear him say it, but somebody told me that these, these are the people who are going to, uh, you know, YouTubers and Instagrammers are going to be, you know, even more... Uh, popular than TV and movie stars. So the reason why I'm telling you this is that you know your online presence is very very important. You have to post regularly, but you have to post content which is valuable to that person. So what I would recommend is that rather than trying to be the jack of all trades and take anybody on, and this takes a lot of discipline and a lot of uh, focus, rather than trying to take anybody on who is willing to part with money, if you want a successful business, then you have to lay the foundations early. So you have to think of that avatar and that person who you're specifically talking to, who you want to train. Now, you've got to you know, take a little things into consideration at the start, and you will have to have bills to pay and finances, but you have to focus on what a successful business is. You know, the one, the people who do very, very well in the world from a business sense is because they know who they're targeting. Um, you know, if the, you know, let's just say Carlsberg, in terms of the beer, you know, they're not going to put a very expensive advertisement up, you know, at six o'clock in the morning, in between, um, you know, in Teletubbies advert, you know, the Teletubbies uh, episode. You know, you're not going to put something that's directed towards adults when little kids are going to be watching. No one's going to be there. So what I mean by that is that knowing who your target audience is is incredibly powerful. And the fact of the matter is that social media, if you think about it, if you're in a independent facility with no members, is going to be one of, if not the only source of getting people through the door and getting inquiries. Now, if you've got somebody um, who's coming in through the door raw and they know nothing about you, they're going to judge a lot of things on pricing. 
drunks because they they don't see the value in you because they don't know you. If you think of it like this, is that if you're walking down the street and somebody comes up to you and he's a complete stranger and he says to you, hey, um, do you want to do some personal training? It's 300 quid for uh, 10 sessions. You'd be like, whoa, okay, what the fuck? You know, I, and I don't know anything about you. I don't know, you know, your past results. I don't know um, what you like as a person. I don't know how you train or who you train. And if you think about it, if you're just trying to get a lead and somebody through the door and just somebody to try and sell this consultation with, if you're trying to do that, that's the equivalent, you know. Trust is what builds interactions. The more somebody trusts you, the more that they will um, invest money in you. You know, the reason why we so happily buy Apple products or we so happily, um, you know, go to a Virgin Active is because we trust the product. We we know that this is a decent product, so we will part money for it because we we know all about it. So what social media does and doesn't necessarily mean it's a sales tool directly so I don't mean that you should put constantly put advert after advert after advert of I charge this for this or this for this and this for this I'm not saying you should put deals on but what you should do is put yourself out there as a personality and value so each morning you could post something about like a simple tip for the demographic you're after so say you want to train golfers you could put did you know that this muscle being tight restricts your golf swing by X amount if you do this stretch in the morning it will directly improve your swing if you do it consistently you know golfing and it's just an arbitrary topic but golfers do usually have expendable income and there you have a specific tip for some of your niche demographic you have not just said drink more water and being hydrated help use fat because that's what everybody else is doing you have to focus on that area of what your expertise and do it on a daily basis but you also have to put yourself out there as a person and write and give yourself a voice now if you were to read an extract that I wrote an extract that somebody you'd never uh, followed before wrote you'd probably be able to tell which one is mine and that's not because mine is better or mine's good or I speak in um, because you know anything to do with the quality of my content is because you probably know it's me talking from what I'm talking about the topic that I'm talking about the way it's written you know the little, probably the little mistakes that I make as well you can tell it's me so that's the difficulty in things like that. You really need to, in this day and age, develop a voice and develop a brand. And by that, and I do not mean, and this is one of the, the most thing, most important things you need to take away from this, I do not mean an avatar of something you're not. That's the one thing that everybody is guilty of this industry, is putting up things and making themselves seem like there's something they aren't. I don't mean like, you know, if, you know, if you're a type of person who doesn't eat clean all the time, I don't mean that's a, such a bullshit term, clean, but if you don't have the best of diets all the time, don't depict yourself to be someone who is a hardcore eating six meals a day that you've made and they look exactly the same. You know, you've got to be true because authenticity and integrity is the most powerful sales tools you will ever come across. And I mean that, and I mean that so much is that, you know, the amount of people that I see who I know for a fact aren't the people they make themselves out to be online you know, is very high. And that's why one thing that you'll always get from myself, sorry, I'm just parking and reversing. One thing that you'll always get from me is zero insight into my um, personal life. And that's not because, um, you know, well, it's not because of anything, but it's it's not because I've got anything to hide. It's purely because I don't want there to be a cross reference between Chris, the businessman, and Chris, the person who I am in my own spare time because then there can be blurred lines. And I don't understand when people mix business with pleasure and put things that really belong on their own um, 
you know, on their own private feed or their own personal account, on the business account, you know, they should be distinguished. They should be, you know, business, there's business is business and keep things in a certain category. But yeah, so I hope this hasn't been too um, waffly, but these are, the, these are this is the summary that I'm going to do now for anybody who is new to the industry and what you need to do and what you need to expect. So if you've just qualified, it is going to be extremely, extremely, extremely hard for this to be a career that you can be in the next five or 10 years time. That is the reality of it. To be in the this industry for the long term, you need to figure out one area that you want to be an expert in. Do not try and be strength and conditioning, core conditioning, boxing, aqua aerobics, bodybuilding, etc., etc. Find your thing, which is probably the thing that you do, whether it's CrossFit, bodybuilding, powerlifting, strongman, um, you know, anything, you know, cycling, running, marathon, running, it, it doesn't matter. Find that thing that you enjoy the most and run with that. Or find the thing that you know you have an ability or gift for improving. So you could be, you know, it could be really, you know, it could be a um, mid-twenties male, but you know how to train females in the late forties or fifties. You just, you just might have a, a skill for that. Um, so find an area where you know you're going to excel and know that you can, you can really improve and that's what you're going to focus on. That's what you're going to home in on. So that would be, that would 100% be the, the first one is find, is find something, create an avatar and speak to that person. The second one is know your figures and know what you want to earn. And this is, this is for people who are in an independent setting. So what you have to do, and I mean have to with a capital have, is sit down on Excel or do it old school with a pen and paper and figure out your outgoings. Once you know what your outgoings are, figure out how much money you want to earn on top of that. Let's just say your outgoings per month to keep things simple, £1,000 a month. Then you want to earn, then um, you want to have £1,000 to live off in general and then you want to put a thousand pound into savings per month for a house deposit or a car so that's three thousand pound per month what does that equate to well that is 750 pounds per week so if you're doing 750 pounds per week and you're doing 30 sessions at 25 pound or 25 sessions at 30 pound there you have a figure of what you know you need to earn so there is the figure i need to do 25 sessions a week at 30 pound then you think right if I've got 30, if I need to do 25 sessions a week, I need anything from, if you're doing one session a week with somebody, you need 25 clients. But that is a model that I would strongly, strongly not recommend. If you're new to the industry and you're building your own business, go in at anywhere between two to four um, sessions per week, make four sessions a week very affordable, make two sessions a week very expensive, depending on what you, you know, what you want to charge. So for two a week, very expensive, four a week, much more affordable so it's much more tangible for the person to actually uh, want to take up the offer the reason why i'd recommend doing that is because if you want to do 25 sessions a week and you're averaging uh, the, your client averages three sessions per week you only need eight clients that's less people to target you know if they're doing one session a week you need 25 people 25 is more than eight if you get eight people and you need to do that then you need to get you need to really be getting about five leads per month uh, in order to get maybe one to two conversions. How to get five leads? Well, in this day and age, it is all down to consistent content in an integral manner in the topic of your expertise. So find that person that you are speaking to, talk to them on a regular basis, um, not literally, but just talk to that person when you're writing the post. This is this for this. This is this for this. So that way you've got an action plan and you're working there. 
you know, what you will find is that if you're an independent gym and you tap into one person who works in an office or a business park, they will refer out and at least bring one person. Now, other people have said, and I'm not naming names, I never gave away free sessions. Fuck that. That's, in my opinion, not a good business model because it doesn't give people, entice people to refer more people to you. If you're starting off in the industry and somebody sends you a client and says, gives you a referral and that person signs up, give that person one or two free sessions or give them a freebie. The reason being is that you're rewarding loyalty and the more loyal your clients are, the more money you'll make. So that is what I definitely recommend in an independent setting. You also need to realize you have to be fucking patient. If you are, you know, um, like like I was, um, 11 stone, probably 15% body fat and, you know, not very strong at all. I'm now 14 stone, uh, probably 12% body fat and a little bit stronger than I was. And that's nine years of being relatively consistent. You know, your business is not going to grow overnight. It isn't unless, and I mean this in the most utmost respect to anyone, unless you are very attractive or already have a really good physique, your social media is not going to take off overnight. It just won't. It's going to take a lot of of progress. It's going to take years of posting twice a day before you even get to what you could even be considered decent following. And still people are fickle and just as, you know, just as quickly you can build a following, you can lose it if you don't stay integral to your beliefs. So, Patience is so key. You can't go into this industry initially due to finances. It has to be for passion. If you don't do it, if you do it, sorry, if you do it for the money in this industry, you will not survive unless you are good at conning people. That is something I truly believe. I've seen it. You know, the passionate ones don't survive because they go for the money and they just try and take people's money and they do get found out eventually. I've seen it time and time and time again. The ones who are in it for the long term, the ones who do it because they love it so much and say they do it for free. Saying that, don't ever do it for free. You know, we don't, you know, training people for free is something that I know some of the best coaches in the world have done. Uh, I've done it myself at different times. But trust me, um, that's something you want to avoid. Always give free sessions if someone refers, maybe one or two, but training people for free is a slippery slope, so watch out for that. So, yeah, this is um, this is something that for people who are new. That, sorry, the final one which we'll finish, finish on is that you have to educate yourself like it's your job. You know, I know people who've been in the industry for maybe five, ten years and the last the last qualification they did was the personal training uh, qualification themselves you know and you know by association of them being in the industry for a long duration of time you think oh they must be good but the reality of it is is that you you need i mean this so i put so much emphasis this you need to learn every single day because every time you don't learn something there's a trainer out there who is and when he learns something new that is an extra skill to his skill set and that means he could be getting better results than you if he's getting better results than you he will get more people drawing towards you and he's stealing your potential client base that sounds pretty dramatic but it's true the ones with more knowledge is a highly skilled pt if they can apply it through clever sales marketing they will make more money so it's a, it's a perfect combination. Being a good personal trainer is a, is a perfect combination between knowing how to run a business and educating yourself constantly whilst keeping your service at the highest, highest level. So always, always look to learn. In your spare time, you have to live and breathe it. Do not watch fucking Netflix and do not watch random 
um, episodes of you know Game of Thrones or whatever bullshit there is. Do not do that. Sit down and read in the evening. Sit down and think about systems. Get systems in place. Systems for screening people. Systems for looking at diet. Systems for looking at movement. Systems for putting programs together. Get those systems in place and have them ironclad. Once your systems are in place, it's about applying it and working and, and figuring out ways in which you can improve them. When you do that, magic will start to happen. You have to have systems. You have to educate yourself on how to improve the systems constantly. What I know now will be different in a year and in five years. The way I do things now to the way I do things in a year, in five years, will be different. It will evolve. It will change. I will look for different things in different manners because that's what you need to do. You always need to improve. So summary, you need to be at long term. Do not get in this industry initially for the money. You will be disappointed. The money is shit for the first five years. Secondly, be patient. Speak to as many people as you can and be focused on putting out content on social media and be, you know speaking to people if you're in a commercial gym on a daily basis. The last thing I'd say um, as well, which is something I didn't want to go into because it may turn a bit ranty, is your body is your business card. Personal trainers should look good. And I don't mean that in a superficial way in terms of you know good looks and, and a tan and all that bullshit. I mean you should look like you should train. I don't mean to be facetious to anyone who's not you know in the best of shape, but I, you should be training hard. And if you can't, if you don't want aesthetics, and it's not all about aesthetics, if you don't want a six pack because a six pack isn't important to you, then good on you. I completely appreciate that. But you should be strong. Then you know you, you, I've I've said it for a long time. The people who are worth listening to in industry are the ones who are the biggest, the strongest, or the or the leanest. It helps if you're all three. You know. If I see someone who's in very good shape and they're very, very strong, it doesn't matter if they're saying utter shit, I'll still listen to them for a little bit before deciding whether it's utter shit or not. Okay, so I'll leave it there. Um, I really hope that that's helped people who are thinking about being a personal trainer. If you're in the industry, that might have provided some value. Um, and, you know, I'm not really into plugging myself too much, but if you have listened to this and it has um, resonated with you or helped you, please introduce it to somebody who uh, who may be thinking of getting into the industry or has just got into it. Because if I had listened to something like this when I started nine years ago, I would just would have thought, wow, that's something that would have helped accelerate and progress. I made, I made so many mistakes over my careers and this podcast really is a reflection of all the mistakes that I made not the knowledge that I have it's what not to do as much as what to do so yeah if you do know anyone who benefit from them um, giving them a little tag or, or sharing it or, or directing it away would be greatly appreciated thank you so kindly for listening and more podcasts coming soon